So now, uh, speaking of generations, uh, Masterpiece Theater has been kind of popular with a certain uh, nerdy group of people in our society, and uh, uh, that includes me and our family, and uh, Laura alerts Judy and me as to what's worth watching. Uh, Masterpiece Theater began in 1971, WGBH Boston. We watched that channel when we were back there. And uh, it takes um, English period pieces from uh, English TV and re-broadcasts uh, them in the United States. Um, we uh, are probably the most uh, popular one in recent years has been Downton Abbey and you know some of those characters um, personally, I know, after all that they've been through. There was one series also called Upstairs, Downstairs, and Upstairs, Downstairs kind of gets the point of this across, is that while there are people upstairs <clears throat> who are celebrating who they are um, and pretending they're more than they are, there are also people downstairs, and in these uh, episodes, the downstairs people have lives as well. And it's kind of uh, fun that they expose you to uh, both those kinds of experiences. And um, it, it doesn't seem that the upstairs people have any more fun than the downstairs people, or any more to live for day after day, except what's the big difference? between the upstairs people and the downstairs people? I'm not asking that question. Next week, Connie does that. <laughs> that, that was rhetorical. <laughs> the big difference is the inheritance. The upstairs people have an inheritance. The downstairs people, when they die, that's it. So uh, the inheritance is very important. And, and that represents a, a certain social order that has a class system that has changed over the years, but is very stubborn. And we laugh uh, at some of the dimensions of the English class system. Uh, we recognize uh, that many other cultures have class systems like Hindu India, ranging from Brahmins to untouchables. and. Uh, uh, actually, uh, biblical uh, life for the Jewish people was built on a sense of class. And if you belonged to the priestly class or the ruling class, you had a different life and a different heritage, a different inheritance. And that was true even during the days of, uh, of, of, of subservience to other people when they didn't have their own king. They maintained that class system. But here in the United States, we are different because we have the Declaration of Independence, which says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that these are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit the pursuit of happiness. Everybody's equal. Oh, all men are equal. That's right. Okay, men are equal. Oh, oh, that's right. Slaves weren't considered people. 
so they weren't equal. And then there's a final kind of escape route. You say they were created, they're endowed by their creator with certain rights. That doesn't mean society recognizes those rights, you know. So our American society had become very class-oriented. And the irony that in today's political climate, if you try to talk about equalizing those classes by legislation, you're called a Marxist. Yeah, you're a communist. This is the Declaration of Indian. So we're just as class conscious as any other culture. And ours is funnier because we don't acknowledge it. The difference in a lot of classes is inheritance. And we have our own way of passing on privilege from one generation to another. Property, money, titles and offices, opportunity. Arranged marriages are not quite as common today as they were in Downton Abbey times, but yeah, they happen. And a lot of people are inclined to marry above their station, certainly not below their station, if you will. So I was intrigued to study in our series, well, our, our series, let me remind you, is Our Bible, the Question Book. And we were fascinated that um, the biblical questions are more provocative than the biblical answers. And, you know, we are not going to preach another 307 sermons, in spite of what Lauren said. Uh, in, in fact, I think today's sermon covers four of Jesus' questions. But the main question is this, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I was struck by that phrase, and then, you know, we also have what must I do to be saved? That's also a biblical question. But the one that stood out to me was the one that mentions the word inheritance. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to be saved? That was not a question Jesus dealt with. That was a question Paul dealt with years later when he was talking to a Gentile, the Philippian, uh, or the, the, yes, the jailer. But uh, the first century Jewish social order in exile still operated very well, even though they were not in control of their government under the Romans. So the inheritance connected with your parentage was very important in society of that time. If you were part of a royal family, then uh, you had that inheritance. If you were part of a priestly family, you inherited that, and uh, you could be part of the Sanhedrin, pass on those privileges. And if you were born without any of that inheritance, you probably didn't have a chance to change your, your social status. I was fascinated to find out that this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life, is found in two different contexts in Jesus' ministry. The first one is in Luke 10, and the other one is in Luke 18. And I was amazed to find out that both of these, Jesus was talking to someone who had an issue 
with their status, with their class, and with how could they be sure of their privilege. The first one is a story in Luke 10, beginning with verse 25. And this is an expert in the law. So that was part of his heritage. And he wore that as a badge. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher. Now he gave Jesus a title that uh, showed honor. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now you won't find a Bible verse that says that. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. That was a very familiar statement called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Jewish people, even in our day, say that frequently in their prayers. But the additional part of that is from a different part of the Old Testament law. And your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus put those two together. And it stopped the guy. And the guy said, um, Oh, and the, he, he said that. And then Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus then said, you have given the right answer, now do this. We must assume that something made the man put this together. And he said, do this, and uh, then you'll be okay. And the man, it says, uh, went away sorrowing. Who is my neighbor? Jesus told him a story. And it's a story about the Good Samaritan. It's a story about classes. story about the priest, the Levite, the Samaritan. And then, which of these three was neighbor to the man? He said, the one who showed mercy, verse 47. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. What can I do to inherit the kingdom? Said this upper class Jewish person. He must have had some doubts, though, about his inheritance. And when Jesus told him this story, he made it about class. And he said, if you want to do something, then do what this Samaritan, or that, what this Samaritan did. He was low class, but he reached down and helped someone. And the man did not know what to say. The other one, and I got them a little mixed up in my telling the story. But the other one in Luke 18, the person, verse 18, is called a certain ruler. And that's his status. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. And you know the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, shall not murder, you shall not steal, shall not bear false witness. Verse 21, he replied, I've kept all these since my youth. Why did he still doubt that he inherited eternal life? Jesus said, there's still one thing lacking. Sell all that you own and distribute the money to the poor. And then 
follow me. But when he heard this, he became sad, for he was very rich. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So these were upstairs people who came to Jesus insecure about their inheritance. That's where the question came from. And, and the question was phrased in a way that was interesting. What shall I do to inherit? What can I do to inherit eternal life? To deserve eternal life, if you will. What can I do? Give away all your wealth. Give away your privilege. Give away your title. You can do that. Well, those were impossible things for these people. That's what made them who they were. But they still wanted the kingdom of God. You know, the <clears throat> Downton Abbey people seem kind of pathetic to me. Um, you know, they're, they're always going by that picture of the patriarch uh, on the wall, you know, the guy who had his picture taken three generations before, and he's glaring down at them. He's reminding them how inadequate they are. And, and they know they're not living up to who they are. Society's changing around them. And they have all kinds of questions about their inheritance. And they sometimes cut throats to maintain their inheritance. And they sometimes arrange marriages, fight each other, and all those things to maintain their inheritance. It's because they have doubts, and they're trying to do something about it. Sounds a little bit like um, what we read in uh, the book of Genesis about Joseph and the, the birthright, and the brothers trying to negotiate over the birthright. And uh, this idea is similar to what people in a dying class system go through. But I was interested in, the, in another question that was asked of Jesus. It's found in John chapter 3 because I found the same ideas are behind this. John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee, another person of rank, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He was not just a guy off the street. He came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, so he was showing Jesus respect. I'll respect you if you respect me. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. And Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Now I know we memorize that verse as born again, but uh, there's been a lot of scholarship about how that translate, translation should be done, and there seems to be a modern consensus that the word really means born from above, which I think gives it another kind of meaning. Now if you want to... Um, at, be sure of this, there's a professor of New Testament sitting back there and you can go and he will give you a dissertation 
on, uh, on this word and its nuances. He's, he's always ready. And, and this, this idea really strikes me because what people, the upstairs people need to know is that their upstairsness doesn't impress God. And they need to come to that point where they don't know what to do to maintain their inheritance before they can be born from above. Now, above is the way upstairs. There's the downstairs where those people eat together comfortably. And then there's the upstairs where they meet with candles and nice stuff. But there's the way upstairs. And the way upstairs is what Jesus is talking about. And he skips the question of, how can I secure my inheritance in the upstairs world and keep from sliding downstairs? But Jesus goes right to the core of it. You need to be born from above. Verse 5. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. That's the way upstairs. The kingdom of God. Without being born of water and spirit without being born into the downstairs and to the way upstairs. What is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. You must be born from the way upstairs in order to get into the kingdom of God. And then a few late verses later is that favorite verse of evangelical Christians, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son to everyone who believes in him. Now that's egalitarian. That everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. This idea of the inheritance in connection with the kingdom of God is reinforced by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.50. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. And then 1 Peter puts all these ideas together in the introduction to that epistle. Peter, an apostle to Jesus Christ, to the exiles of the dispersion. The exiles, the outcasts, okay? In Pontius, Galatia. Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen and destined by God the Father. What can you do? The Lord is the one who does the doing. And sanctified by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled by his blood. May grace and peace be yours in abundance. Now listen to this. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ by the great mercy. He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Nobody can tear it away from you. No insecurity about this. To you who are being protected by the power of God and so forth. This is a radical idea. Look around you. There is no classless, classless society. Even in this church, there's no classless society. There's the rest of you and then there's the deacons. 
Oh, no. No, no. But if we're, if we're just a few people like Lord of the Flies, stranded on an island, we create our classes. Societies are built on classes. But in God's society, it's all out the window. The idea that this can be changed by being born again into a privileged class in a new kind of way upstairs kingdom is mind-blowing. Upstairs people in Masterpiece Theater are aware that they fall short of their own ideals. Look up the picture and realize that they're never going to be as big as that guy. The glory days are past. We're just trying to hold on to the estate. We'll never be all we should be. We got to fake it. And they doubt their inheritance. What can they do? And you know what? Church people are a little like this. We use our title as Christians, our faithfulness and church attendance as a security that we are the class that God favors. And if we persist in that, he's going to have to bring us down. The downstairs people, they got a rough life. But they know what they have and what they don't have. The upstairs people seem to have it all, but they doubt. And they don't know what to do to be sure of their inheritance. But the way upstairs people, God has given them a key to his kingdom. This is your new inheritance, secured by Christ, guaranteed by the Heavenly Father, eternal. What can you do to get it? Nothing. Just want it. Just be open to it. Just accept it. And know that you can be born from above. Be part of the new upstairs people. Lord, we thank you that this question came up and that some people who were favored in society had the courage and humility to come to Jesus. Thank you that he had the faithfulness to put them in their place. But also, the love and the power to give them hope. We thank you, Lord, that our lives are not secure in who we are, how we were born, what our inheritance is, but in the fact we are part of your people by faith, embraced by the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to face us to the weakness of all of our pretenses and to embrace us with his uncompromising, unending, eternal love. In Jesus' name, amen. We meet in Altadena every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, both in the sanctuary and on YouTube. 
most other events will be starting up soon. But if you need prayer now, please reach out to us at altabapprayer at aol.com. And again, as always, we pray God's blessings on you this week.